All right, I'm recording for House Sitter. Yeah. Oh, you just. Uh, <laughs> great minds think alike here on Sober Cinema. Both oh man. Okay, myself. I have a full uh, really diatribe about that that scene. Like what? Okay. Uh, let's do a little setup for House Sitter because I don't know if people remember this one. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, the year 1992, when it comes to the month of June, was pretty sparse. Um, this one opened up against one other wide release that grossed $2.5 million total. House Sitter grossed $58.5 million. And that film was Aces, Iron Eagle 3, which sounds like straight-to-video schlock. So um, this is following Patriot Games, uh, thankfully, and is in between Batman Returns. So this is a sort of an off week, but we didn't have an any alternatives and i'm loath to do comedies although hyro has a strange fascination with steve martin or at the very least roxanne i guess yeah yeah it's just that one movie no not not steve martin himself okay um jared what would you say i mean it's not a very complicated plot but mm. what is house sitter uh to the people that uh, most assuredly have forgotten it <laughs> so steve martin and goldie hawn go on a ad-libbing tirade <laughs> A whose line is it anyway style uh, bullshittery <laughs> because yes, and. And don't ever <laughs> drop the improv because yeah. Goldie Hawn wants furniture and Steve Martin wants his uh, ex that essentially denied him uh, he he proposed to her she said no and he's still uh, he's going to do whatever it takes to try and actually get her so he poses as proposed a uh, to her with a house yeah a custom built. made house like it's not just the house it's a to show you. Doesn't matter. Architect, a uh, nice house, doesn't matter. If she ain't feeling you, she ain't feeling you, Steve Martin. Do you think that's because it's Steve Martin in particular? I think it's because he didn't have another woman on the side. <laughs> Once there's mm. competition, oh, mm. women hate right. each other. Hello? What are you doing here? What am I doing? What are you doing here? Well, I, I got kicked out of my apartment and I had no place to go. I would have called you right away, except, you know, you just never told me where you lived or where your office was even. You're the waitress, Gwen. Well, excuse me, but I thought we'd been introduced. No, I recognize you. Just, you know, you, you were wearing that Hungarian garb. Yeah, well, I had to get out of that place, you know, because Carol and I had a real difference of opinion of exactly when he could come into my apartment unannounced and exactly where he could put his hands while he was there. Didn't you have any friends you could go to? I told you I'd only been in Boston for three weeks. I didn't know anybody. All I had was that cute little drawing you did of this house. You know, I knew it was in Dobbs Mill, and I knew that, you know, we're just sitting here, not doing anything. Well, where did all this furniture come from? Bigelow's. No, I mean, how did it get here? Some sort of furniture stampede? I'll pay you back. Pay me back? <clears throat> oh, boo-boo, no. Come on, honey. The men are coming tomorrow to put in the dog door. What is happening? Well, if you just listen. I'm listening. I'm listening. All right. I was hungry, okay? So I went to Keller's Market to just pick up some peanut butter and stuff, and that's where I overheard Hazel telling whoa, Travis whoa, 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 whoa. to... Hazel? Hazel Byron. You know Mrs. Byron? Yeah, your piano teacher? Great gal. I don't know if you heard about her son Stewie, but oh, what he put that poor woman through. 
Wait a minute. Go back to the part at the grocery store where Mrs. Byron says to Mr. Keller. Okay. So she told him to just put it on her account. You charge the groceries to me? Well, I was hungry. Now, come on, you gotta understand that. Well, what'd you tell him? How'd you get him to do it? Well, I guess he was under the impression that I was... Insane? Mm. No, I just told him to go ahead and put it on our account. Our account? Well, it seemed harmless. You told him you were my wife? What, what was I supposed to do? You tell me. <laughs> and he believed you? And why wouldn't he believe me? Well, they... What's the matter? I'm not good enough to be your wife? No. Well, Travis thinks I'm good enough. And Harvey and Lorraine think I'm good enough. This coffee table. What about it? It's my mother's. I know. It's not my taste either. But all of this represents a compromise. You know your mother. My parents think we're married? Hey, it's not so bad. Come on, everything's going to be fine. Do you mind taking your feet off the furniture? I like it, Jared. <laughs> Bring a little black swan action. Yeah, a little progressive action. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So this is directed by uh, puppeteer Frank Oz, uh, who I believe is just known for these sort of light touch comedies. Uh, no struggled with puppets, Sister Act. Though. Nope. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends how you look at it. Is that the Yoda dude? That is the Yoda dude. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Um, is that the Yoda dude? You know, a very, very successful career in films. <laughs> Three idiots on tin cans. Oh, Yoda man again, trying to make his silly little movies. Didn't he have his hand up Yoda's ass? Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P., yeah. buddy. <laughs> I think Frank Oz is still alive, but Jared's just, yeah, yeah, he is. He's very old, but he's still there. Is he um, really? <laughs> You know what? I'm not doing the research on Frank Oz. I'm I'm not going down a YouTube rabbit hole to see if he still has his wits about him in uh, interviews. I will say that I like Jared's take on this. Um, this is another comedy. This made uh, $95 million on a $26 Jesus. million budget. This, this feels Pretty like good. an unknown movie to me, too. Like, I don't, I, I've never, I don't even remember hearing about this. Never heard of it. This. Yep. I'm no, with this Jared. first watch. I have a memory of being taken to this by my parents with like with my siblings younger than myself and getting that sinking feeling as a child uh, <laughs> this is not going to have the sort of hijinks that a kid would enjoy your parents took you to this i i don't know if it's because what is it uh is it i'm sure it's like pg or pg-13 or something like there's nothing <laughs> other than jared and i pointing out that steve martin likes to finger a woman's chest for a long time before he unbuttons her blouse. Um, I don't think there's anything here really too titillating, but there's nothing here for a kid to grab onto at all. Like, I don't, I don't think I understood how or why Goldie Hawn could just say I'm living in your house now. Uh, I didn't get the sort of squatter element of it. I didn't understand uh, the dynamic. Maybe Jerry did at a very young age that women inherently hate each other and, and want to tear the other one down. I didn't get that as a kid. So I didn't really understand what Steve Martin was doing here. Um, that being said, I kind of enjoyed watching it because I didn't respect Steve Martin. It seems like no one in the film does either. His boss, his parents, they all don't really seem to care that this woman that they've never met before is just running this man ragged and putting him through the ringer. And they all seem to agree with her. And I agree with them. If Goldie Hawn shows up at your house and says, hey, I'm going to play as your wife for a little bit. Sit back and enjoy it. Especially if you're 
in any way in Steve Martin's camp, right? Like if you're his parents or his friend or anything like that, Goldie shows up and Goldie is marrying you. And Goldie has every time she answers things, she has things together. Like she has very nice stories and stuff like that. This is an improvement for where this dude is, which is I'm building. I'm an asshole who built a house for a lady who didn't want a house and clearly didn't want to marry me. So he, to me, that tells him tells me that that he's just he doesn't quite read the room right. You know what I mean? He he, he doesn't have that self awareness. So you know, I don't understand. Man. Be be happy that you got Goldie, dude. Doesn't read the room right. There are so many shots that I documented for my own uh, personal use, and maybe it will make its way to a sober cinema account at some point. Of Goldie Hawn's uh, fantastic ass. And there are so many shots. Brother, where- I have my third note. Goldie Hawn, incredible turd cutter. Love it. Don't care for the way you describe it, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? It's so nice that I could just, I could just kind of, yeah, like Neo. I could just, I could just dodge through all of that code of what Hyra was throwing out there. And Frank Oz, the puppeteer, knows it too. He's framing it. Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm, yes, he's he's ways, giving it so from Yoda's angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they never. I, th- I guess there's one sequence where Steve Martin alludes to the fact, like. Hey, you're actually hot. Mm. And maybe I'm not used to having a hot lady around where he tells Don't her, wear the reindeer sweater because it's just too sexy, yeah. my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just got like a, a men's button-up shirt on and it's not undone. And it's like, it's too much for him. But he's committed to this idea of the uh, early 90s short business lady cut, Dana Delaney, that it isn't until like, what, the last, I don't know, 45 seconds of the movie that he's finally like, hey... I could probably fuck Goldie Hawn. If I play my cards right here, I think she's into me. You should know. I slept with Boomer Bauer? Yes, but it's not like you were being promiscuous. He's he's your old boyfriend, and you bumped into him one day, and you got to reminiscing, and it just happened. Except now you don't know where we stand. You gave me an old boyfriend, and you named him Boomer? I'm a little new at this, okay? But that's the beauty of it. That, that's why you left our apartment in Boston. Come up here and try and decide between me and Boomer. I can't believe you told her that. Well, I, I can't believe you can't believe it. I mean, you've told a few whoppers yourself, you know. I told nice ones. Gwen. Gwen. I love her. I've always loved her, but, you know, something went wrong. She just couldn't picture me as her husband. But now, you know, with... With our being married, she finally sees me as a husband kind of guy. So I think you and I can help each other. So here's the deal. We're married, but our marriage is on the rocks. And every weekend, I drive up here and I try so hard to save this marriage. And I get to stay in the house? Absolutely. Meanwhile, Becky's heart goes out to me. You and I get divorced. And then boom, I get Becky. What do you say? Boy, for a while there, it was really a great marriage. But he already did early in the in in like the first ten minutes of the movie, he smashed. But he, it's like that meant nothing to him. That sex sequence was basically like it's raining outside and I don't want to get wet, so I guess I'll have sex with you just for shelter for the evening. Like he, do, it, the rest of the film, he doesn't even really consider it. He's like, oh yeah, that did happen, and he doesn't treat it like it's the night he opened for Nirvana. It's like, this is the peak of your life, my man. It's it. And you're just like walking right past it. Jared, were you enraged by this movie? <laughs> Why would I be enraged by this movie? The, the very premise is Steve Martin getting dumped. He's got this great house, 
that this woman doesn't want. Mm. And then, like, the very next sequence, he has sex with Goldie Hawn, but it means nothing to him. And then uh, when he leaves her, abandons her, thinking he'll never see her again, she shows up in his bed and says, I'll play act as your wife. I'll do the grocery shopping, and uh, I'll put up with all your bullshit with your family, and I'll try to help you get the other woman back. And not once does he take stock, huh. do the pros and cons <laughs> list. Hmm. The I've got the brunette here. <laughs> I've got this steak in my hand, and I'll be goddamned if I'm not the hungriest person in the world. But I do <laughs> will not eat this steak that's in my hand. <laughs> it's it's really hard to pull for Steve Martin in this movie as the uh, protagonist. Uh, he's a real dumbass, which I guess that's <laughs> that's part of the uh, shtick. But like, she's proven to be really smart. Uh, she's bullshit bullshitted her way to. Fr- <laughs> furnishing the entirety of that house uh let herself hmm. in this, these uh bozos in this small town operate on uh credit <laughs> <laughs> and not a credit card but just i'll catch you later on that put Ooh. it under my name good thing i am proficient at spinning bullshit i will have this whole town <laughs> come well also look like goldie haunt too uh, that, uh, that also, also my ass else. is immaculate <laughs> it is amazing <laughs> I honestly had a hard time focusing on the rest of the movie. <laughs> I saw your snaps one after the other. Ass, ass, Steve Martin doesn't deserve this shit. <laughs> I was losing my mind, Jared. I just couldn't I couldn't focus on the damn thing. And I like that unlike most comedies where you're just waiting for like the, the lies to come out, like you know, even like Meet the Parents is probably like the most I would say modern classic of that where so much bullshit builds up and then eventually the house of cards has to come down i like that here no one really seems to give a shit or acknowledge it like they have an idea that something's awry and i guess dana delaney the character is like tell me tell me steve martin you were being duplicitous with that woman weren't you you were trying to con me and i'm thinking who gives a shit like you're out of the picture now like Throw her in the pond and and chase down that fantastic ass. I I love that there wasn't a guilt trip at the end of it from like the parents or anybody else. Well, it's it's a lie that I don't think anybody's really going to be that tore up about. Like they're pretty much playing the part anyway. It's not like a huge like actually I Steve Martin was a guard at Auschwitz or something like something crazy, some sort of crazy revelation. <laughs> Is that, is that your go-to, Jared, when you're <laughs> your way? That's a, that's a hell of a revelation is all I'm saying. <laughs> Jared, do you have, like, uniforms hanging in your closet? Like, what's going on? I am of German descent, so who knows? Maybe. Uh, hopefully there's no more Nazis in 1992, because Jared got way too excited as of uh, to see Liam Neeson as, you know, the good Nazi uh, that he could, he could look up to. Achtung! <laughs> Play a clip there, please. His strategy is he thinks that will help him to win back the woman he really wants to marry, played by Dana Delaney. Goldie is happy to help him out. So, then he wants to marry me and he hasn't even seen my face. So what he proposes is, which is, of course, what we did was, is we got married the next week at the hospital. And when the chaplain said, you may now kiss the bride, instead of lifting the veil, the doctor unwrapped the gauze. Meanwhile, Martin's parents fall for the whole charade and begin to like the woman they think is their new daughter-in-law. Sweetheart. Yes, honey bun. Don't you think a reception is a really horrible idea? No. I mean, our marriage is in a very ambiguous state right now. 
Which is why your mother feels, and I for one agree, that it might be just what the doctor ordered. So you give it a fresh start. And I for one think you're right, Mr. Davis. And another thing, unless this makes you really uncomfortable, I'd like for you to call me Dad. You the broad outlines of House Sitter are pretty familiar. This is the same old story about the man and woman who think they hate each other until they discover that, what do you know, they really love each other. But there's an interesting twist here because they fall in love while they're lying, and their falsehoods build and build into a crazy house of cards, and they have to invent even more outrageous lies to keep it from falling down. The dialogue is the best thing in this movie, and the performances, not only by the stars, but also by a funny assortment of character actors. I liked it. Now, this is a comedy, right, Rog? The last one was That's a, right. No, it's really about marital difficulties, yeah, no, stresses and strains on really. marriage. Uh, this picture didn't make me laugh, so I think I, I figured out uh, how to comment on this one safely <laughs> in, your, in your presence. Uh, the, um, the problem here is that I didn't believe as I looked at Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, and, and certainly Steve Martin is as good a comic actor as exists, I didn't believe that they really liked each other at all. In other words, when they... Oh, when, I did. When, when the thing makes it predictable, and I think you're absolutely right, very predictable turn, I didn't buy it. And the other thing is that I thought that the rhythm was pretty much the same throughout the picture, which is that she's going to be forced to tell more and more outrageous lies. And so lies. is he. And yes. so is he. And the little and, and, shift in their voices when they go from yeah. what's real to what isn't real, that little look they get in their eyes, is I, terrific. I just, I just think I got into this whole rhythm where I knew where they were going with the story, as you did, and I knew exactly how she was going to take me Gee, there. you couldn't have possibly known where they were going to go with their dialogue, though, with those wild flights of fancy, how they met in the hospital, how he fell in love with her without being able to see her. I just, uh, you know what, I, all of that stuff. No, no, they just came across to me as written lines. I, I felt that it was a writer there saying, okay, now we'll make them even more outrageous there's lie. a writer there. I mean, you know, I just there heard are it that such way. things as screenplay. The rhythm, the rhythm, Roger, is what's the The rhythm is what was so wonderful about this film, the way it built and made me laugh and made me smile and the people around me all laughed you and only smiled gave, You only gave it a three-star review? That's how many uh, stars I gave it, yes, because I've laughed louder and longer. Okay, good. Okay, fine. Uh, Hiro, I, I'm wondering, so you, did you just have Dana Delaney with a black eye? It looks like in real life. Did, was that just in a subfolder of yours? What, what is this you're presenting to us? No, I uh, I, I kind of felt bad that I, had, I didn't prep properly and I didn't have background, so I just typed in Dana Delaney. Because I, I remember coming up, like, Dana Lady was very, very good looking. Particularly, like, the early 90s. Um, Short haircut. She on a TV we know series. you. Uh, China, something, something, something. Like, it was a Vietnam movie uh, show. Hmm. I don't know. China Beach. Maybe I'm getting her mixed up. China Beach, maybe. I don't know. CSI something or other. I don't know. But that being said, um, I was looking for one of those hottie pictures of her. And uh, this is what came up. Dana Lady with a black eye. She didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, uh, two-time uh, Emmy Award winner there for China Beach. Jared tells her to <laughs> shut her fucking mouth. <laughs> Read your lines. Don't deviate from the script. Or this is how you end up. One of the reasons she may be lost uh, in pop culture time is uh, I, I pulled up her Wikipedia. She received further recognition for her appearances in the films Light Sleeper, 1992. Mm-hmm. Are we doing I that one? Paul Schrader joint <laughs> with uh, Willem, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Tombstone. So that's like, oh, yeah. right. She's yeah. The, she's uh, Kurt Russell's lady, the actress. Yeah. yeah. Um, Exit to Eden, where I believe uh, Rosie O'Donnell is in uh, bondage gear on the poster, along with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, critical mistake there. 
the Margaret Sanger story, 1995. No. Fly Away Home, 1996. True Women, 1997. And Wide Awake, 1998. So if that's what Wikipedia is saying, here's where she received further recognition. Just misses left and right, other than Tombstone. Yeah, that's pretty bad. She made some bad choices there. First and foremost, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie and, and Bondage here, yes. Um, do you think that uh, colors how we look at House Sitter in 2022? Like, because you're, if you're saying that she was like a really popular actress at the time, but I look now and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking Goldie Hawn. Who, who the fuck is this? This, this lady that just <laughs> talks too much and deserves like a sock in the mouth. I don't, it doesn't seem even. I'm sure it was more balanced when it came out in 92. Well, yeah. I, I had no idea who Dana Delaney was uh, when I had, when, <clears throat> when we were doing research. Well, the very I just made like a, how can you not know? Yeah, man. Like, I guess. The, Did I not just provide all the evidence, Jared, on why you shouldn't know? No, I got it. But like, is. here is my like age showing, right? Like. Uh, like you were saying, I was I was there and present for the daily China Beach. Yeah, and and not just that, but she was like so good looking, man. She was like really just even here. Uh, yeah, she's got the haircut. You oh, like. especially I, I don't like the haircut. That, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you. <laughs> Single white female haircut. Come on, you love this style. She's a good looking woman, man. I mean, you could put a fucking like a tin bowl over her head and she'd be all right. It's a little bowl cut action. Goldie Hawn's butt, though. Goodness. God bless. Couldn't get over it. So, I get into an argument. I, you know what? Let me get a little personal. Um, so I got a text message from my co-host on Trilogy and Theory, Webb, who does some of our uh, voice and letterboxed. Uh, yes, I've heard his. his I've heard his uh, his uh, letterbox reads recently. And boy, are we going to need them, especially in that sister act. I've already got a note. Like, Webb. Uh, here are 20 pages of reviews. For I've devised a plan to uh, counteract Webb's tomfoolery. You don't like, uh, well, do you like that you're featured often in the reads? That your reviews are usually... I hope that continues. I, I genuinely okay. hope that continues because that is part of my master plan. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to love when you try to put in coded like insults to me and Jared in your reviews, hoping <laughs> that I tell Webb to read these. Um so he sent me a message, uh, I guess, that uh, it came out that uh, Kaylee Cuoco of uh, Big Bang Theory was like runner up in uh, for a role in Knives Out 2. And she thought she was going to get it, but she lost to uh, Kate Hudson. And he, this is like six in the morning. He blows up my phone and it's like, fuck Kate Hudson. Like, this is ridiculous. It should have been her. And I, they're attractive. And I, all, all I do trying to appease him is like, well, they're both attractive blondes. I feel like as uh, audience members, we win either way. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not privy to the scripts. And he comes back at me and says, Kate Hudson is an attractive blonde question mark. And I felt yet again, it's like Hiro is a fucking virus and a plague. Like anyone who reads your thoughts or listens to you, because you have some, some things where you, uh, I felt like Kim Basinger, final analysis. You were looking for the like. Well, you were questioning if those were her breasts. I, I, that's a fair question. It was. It, you were obsessed with uh, <laughs> um, Eric Roberts and the cleanliness that was coming his way. You were more concerned about uh, his health than you were the fact that he got to to live in Kim Basinger for a little while. Well, I just didn't want the guy fucking dipping into a TCBY yogurt cup. I don't, I don't. Do you care, Jared? What happens to Eric Roberts? Jesus, what an artist you are at painting terrible pictures. 
<laughs> I was about to say uh, to, to end you, my Jared. web criticism <laughs> by by saying uh, Web uh, Kate Hudson has one of the best asses in Hollywood, and he just didn't want to continue the conversation. I did because I wanted to search for pictures and and you know go punch well, for punch there. It's not nearly uh, enough volume for Hyro. I'll go ahead. And oh tell no, you that right no, now. no, sir. Calm down, calm down. I'm gonna, I, you know, this thing was like it's like an inverted heart. It was. Gl- Oh, what the fuck is that thing? That's Kate Hudson's ass <laughs> that you're just talking about. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, is that uh, genetics from dad or something like that? Like, because that didn't come from mom. Who is who is her dad? Uh, his last name's it's Hudson. Kurt Russell. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think that's Detective Hyro. <laughs> his last name's Hudson. <laughs> Mister Hudson is her father. <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> Yeah, you've got pictures of Dana Delaney with a black eye <laughs> right at your hip. Ready to draw that. <laughs> oh, jeez. I just, I'm a fan of uh, the, uh, you know, the family lineage in Hollywood, and I, I appreciate those particular dynasties. So, Goldie Hawn, look at that thing. Hudson, yes. <laughs> Not talking about talent or ability. I admire the genetics of your ass, ma'am. Please continue. <laughs> It's not just a bad one, but she's like choosing the worst bathing suit for it. Like this is terrible podcasting. It's quite literally like a like a cummerbund around her waist. It's so bad. I actually think this is good podcasting. No, this is terrible podcasting. No, listening to you have to nearly wretch as you say cummerbund on the woman's ass. Oh, Jared, yeah, move out of the way a little bit, buddy. There you go. There you go, buddy. Is that Kate Hudson or is that Kaylee Cool 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 Cool? Who's the buddy there? Jared or Kate Hudson's butt <laughs> that you're talking to? <laughs> yes, paint some more, Picasso. <laughs> Disgust me with your <laughs> the ways that you have with words. Only one moment did I laugh. Uh, and that's <laughs> the best hallmark of any comedy. I laughed exactly one time. <laughs> I put it on the box. Man, I got to talk about Golly Hawn's butt and that, that look Frank Oz knew he didn't have the gags but he had that so you know he just you know he looked for the pitch to hit and that's what he had when Steve Martin I guess when it's all falling apart and uh Golly Hawn is allowed to bums from this it appears to be very wealthy like small town like you know upper upper middle class I say like, very New England-ish people go to get away from the city you know that's mm-hmm. their second or third home and there happen to be uh, some some people that are living on the street, and so she basically gives them a gig. Hey, you can come to this dinner party and play as my ah, the bums, yeah, excellent actors um, by the way. But when when Steve Martin comes out and finds her fake mom digging through the bottles, <laughs> and, they're recycling, <laughs> and he has this moment where the camera goes right up to his face, and he's like. Dear God, like, it's like his disgust at seeing poor people <laughs> killed me. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> disgusted at the thought of being in close proximity with a bomb. <laughs> with a house that he could give two shits about. Don't you steal bottles away from mine? <laughs> the house looks expensive. It's much funnier us talking about it than it actually is in the movie. <laughs> I mean, you you hit it right on the head, dude. That is the hero. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's not like he becomes a much better man. He just decides, I'd like to fuck Goldie Hawn on the regular. Mm. I have a heart now. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> 
the entire character development is he gets a boner in the last five minutes. He's like, you know what? I think I'll take the one that's willing to touch my penis. I've made a decision, world. I've just upped my rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> this movie is amazing in retrospect. I say we could have punched up the hell out of this. <laughs> have a fucking puppeteer directing this thing we, we know where the, <laughs> the bread is buttered Hyrule wants to talk about Dane Delaney's career Jesus Christ what, <laughs> what are you doing why am I staring at her fucking black eye weird shit <laughs> all the pictures oh, that one all turned right. out pretty good yeah, and he's judging Kate Hudson's butt, but he's got... Ah, uh, you're wrong on this one, buddy. Domestic violence, Dane Delaney. Or, I hope not, but... Yeah, burnt dinner Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap, Hyro. Thank God. I insulted you. Good. And that was it. All right. Praise Allah. scotch on the rocks please any scotch will do as long as it's not a blend of course uh single malt blend olivet blend fitting perhaps maybe a blend gown any blend i'm thirsty i want a beer what about you you want a beer just a drink a martini shaken not stirred comes to films, there are critic reviews, there are user reviews, and then there's Letterboxd. House Sitter. Such a sweet and funny movie about a hot compulsive liar whose white lies paint a picture of a beautiful life. A really good rom-com set in a pretty house with a pretty woman. Oh, and uh, Steve Martin is there. Hmm. Review by Ellie. Four stars. A fun generic comedy with comedy movie stars. Review by Bennett Weber. Three stars. When they were picking out plates and he quietly paused for a minute because he realized they sounded married as fuck. Yeah. Review by Joe. Two and a half stars. If Something Wild Had a Hollywood Cousin. Review by Molly Nussbaum. They would not be able to make this movie nowadays. Cast is too old. Review by It's Adrian. Three stars. Charles Grodin in The Heartbreak Kid was the template. Goldie Hawn in The House Sitter is the peak evolution. Review by Post Melon. Three stars. Yeah, lies always end well. You should always lie. Review by R33ZYBR33ZY. Three stars. I had random sporadic flashbacks to vaguely watching this film in my childhood, so I went for a rewatch and bro, I have some thoughts. The main character is a loser, and that house 
that big and seemingly only has one bedroom, whack. And what blows my mind is Goldie Hawn was right there looking like a three course meal and yet the closest this film gets to a sex scene is Steve Martin groping Dana Delaney who's cosplaying as a 1950s teacher halfway inside a fireplace. In summary, what? Review by Jay Manosaurus, one and a half stars. Goldie Hawn's ass and Steve Martin's hatred of the poor make this a mostly good time, though the former calls into question why the latter deserves such a gift to appear in his house. Review by Projecting Film, three stars. I understand Steve Martin's plight. When Webb wears the reindeer sweater, he is tough to resist. Review by Hiro. Two and a half stars. 